0: The Atlanta Braves used a long ball to win a series in Milwaukee over the weekend. And also, we'll take a look at some prospects who are increasing their trade value as the deadline approaches. All that and more on today's episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shorts.ball. Also, make sure you check out my written work over at bravestoday.com. Make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at lockdown underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. We have another off day on Monday, so send me in some more of your mock trades, and we'll discuss those on a Tuesday's episode if you're watching this on YouTube, hit that subscribe button Up over 6,300 subscribers on YouTube now. Also hit that thumbs up button to help spread the show even more. And we get more of you watching, more of you commenting in the comment section, and make this show as enjoyable for you, the listener, as we possibly can. Thank you so much for all the support that you show me here at Locked On Braves. Want to give a big shout out to some of my everydayers, <clears throat> Marty Newell, David Sherman, Kyle Knapp, uh, Renew Crew Softwash. Hope that's the real name. That was the username that came across. Actually, I hope that's not the real name. But either way, thank you so much for the support. Donald Macker, Mr. Brimley, Joey S., Mark Riggs, Greg Harris, and David DRB. Thank you so much for letting me know that you are an everyday listener. If you are also an everyday listener, let me know down in the comment section below on YouTube. Again, thanks so much for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. On today's podcast, we'll talk about that weekend series in Milwaukee. The Braves win a series. Again, thought maybe it wouldn't happen, but it did. They do uh, indeed win the series in Milwaukee. We'll discuss that, some of the boomer bust offense in that series, and some of the pitching performances as well. You got Michael Soroka getting sent back down. We'll discuss that. Braves making a move for another Rays pitcher that was let go, and Yanni Chirinos, we'll discuss that. And also on Miners Monday, we'll go through, look at some prospects who are increasing their trade value. But Let's start with the weekend series in Milwaukee. The Braves break their long losing streak of series. I say that sarcastically after losing two series in a row. The Braves get things turned back around. They get a series win on the road over a good Milwaukee team who was playing some good baseball coming in and played some good baseball in the series. You can see what they want to try to do to you. They are a pitch-first team. Uh, they're going to play good baseball, play good defense, and they're really going to make you beat them, and the Braves fortunately did. Probably still not the best series for the Braves that they played. Uh, still not you know, a fully clean series. Uh, you look at these last three now against the – you know, the White Sox and, and the just the mental lapses they've had. Defensively, I'm having some mental lapses as well. as so I'm not getting a lot of sleep here late, lately with the newborn, but Braves haven't been playing a lot of good baseball themselves. And even though they did get the series win, you still kind of feel like they're not quite back to clicking on all cylinders. <clears throat> it was really exciting to see some major league debuts in this series. You had Alan Winans, thought he looked solid, spun that breaking ball really well. Kept hitters off balance. Again, I thought he looked okay. Got optioned after the game. So we'll see if he gets another opportunity this year. But thought it was a solid big league debut for him. Forrest Wall came up, came in, stole two bases immediately with one out. Got to third base with one out. Unfortunately, Orlando Garcia wasn't able to bring him in uh, with one out and a runner on third there. Really good pitch from Devin Williams. Um, But you can see the threat that Forrest Wall is. I've been saying – You know, for a long time now that I think he's going to be on the postseason roster because of what he can do on the base pass. I mean, he just easily stole those two bases. I believe it was within two pitches he stole second and then he stole third, and there wasn't even any chance of him being thrown out. So you can see the weapon that he is, and it's why I've been saying for a while, I think he's going to be on the postseason roster. And then Daiswell Hernandez, he struck out the side. They did give up a hit in Sunday's game. I mentioned him last week as well. He came in after that Max last rehab start for Max Freed and struck out all five batters that he faced. He has been absolutely dominant this year at both A AA and AAA. He's somebody, you know, he was on the verge of coming up in 2021, then had that Tommy John surgery So out all of last year, working his way back, and he has been absolutely dominant. He could be a big piece in the Braves bullpen. I'm sure they, I'm sure they want to get several more looks at him before the deadline, but he's somebody that – could factor in into the back end of that bullpen if he can continue to do the things that he's done at the minor league level this year. You Also on the Brewers' side, you had Sal Fralick come up and basically single-handedly win the game for the Brewers on Saturday. That was unfortunate to see, but Sal Fralick, a really good prospect, so Braves fans got to get a look at him on Saturday and Sunday as well, but Saturday more specifically where he just absolutely tortured the Braves Ozzy finally came through. He was over nine in the series over the weekend before he got that big three run home run on Sunday to give the Braves the lead and ultimately the win. He left the bases loaded in the ninth inning on Saturday in a pretty terrible at bat against Devin Williams. Look, Devin Williams is tough, but he was struggling to find the strike zone. And then Ozzy came in there just swinging at everything. And once you get a two strikes on Devin Williams, really tough to get a hit on him. So, Uh, Pretty bad at bats in this series from Ozzie Albies, but he comes up with a big three-run homer in Sunday's game to turn that all around. Austin Riley's streak, home run streak comes to an end. He had homered in the first two games of the series to extend his streak to five games in a row with hitting a home run, six home runs in five games, but then he went over 4 on Sunday. But hopefully he's not going to cool off here. We're going to see Austin Riley continue the great trend that he's been on. Bryce Elder had a nice bounce-back game in his start on Sunday. Six innings, four hits, two walks, two earned, two strikeouts, did give up another home run. But overall, a very good game for Bryce Elder, one that he desperately needed after a couple of bad ones. Hopefully he gets on a roll here again and continues to give the Braves length and quality starts, which is what he's done for the most part over a year now since he's been back in the rotation. So, again, hopefully we're seeing Bryce Elder get back on track This was a a series of former players or players playing against their former teams. Julio Tehran on Sunday, the first time he's ever pitched against the Braves. Six innings, three hits, no walks, one earned, and five strikeouts. I did not see that coming. Uh, The strikeouts for the Braves in this series, especially against Tehran and against Adrian Hauser on Saturday, where he struck out 10 batters. Adrian Hauser is not a strikeout pitcher. That's a bit alarming for this Braves offense to see them striking out so much when they've been so great at not striking out a lot this season. Uh, but Julio Tehran just dealing against the Braves, of course. Um, and I love Julio Tehran. I don't. I know a lot of fans are kind of maybe torn on how they feel about him. I think everybody expected him to be an ace. He was never really that. Maybe he had a year or two where he was that for the Braves, but I thought he – You know, I thought he played his role well while he was with the Braves, and so I always root for Julio Tehran. Glad to see him doing well again and getting another opportunity, but really unfortunate to see him slicing up the Braves lineup the way he did. The only home run came against – or was a Travis Darno solo home run. And Travis Darno, just to mention that, coming off the bench, you know, to start on Sunday in place of Sean Murphy, two hits, including that solo home run off Julio, I mean, he just – again, it's – Every time he comes into the lineup, it seems like he does something good for this team. And I just think that's incredible. I think that's a you know a good attribute of him to be able to do that, uh, to sit two games and then come in and, and get some big hits. And it also makes you question, does he need to be getting more of those DH at bats? You look at Ozuna, who's cooled off a good bit, over his last 16 at the plate, one for his last 25. He's hitting 159 in July with a 194 on base percentage so we're seeing him almost have a month like he had in april where he was just a useless player at the plate i've talked about it since he's gone on this hot stretch you know i get it there's going to be times where he cools off and maybe the home runs aren't coming but even during that hot stretch there were times where he was having quality at bats where he was you know hitting the ball the other way for a single taking his walks Doing all that, you're not seeing much of that right now. So, the, you know, it does become a question here if he continues to struggle like this for the month of July, do you start seeing Travis Darno get some of those DH at-bats? I certainly think that's something that Brian Snicker and the Braves front office have to be asking themselves right now with the way Travis Darno you know, his bat's been so consistent over the last couple of years. Does he start getting more of those at-bats? You know, the power? That Ozuna brings, Travis Darno brings a little bit of power himself. Had the home run on Sunday, but I think that's got to be a discussion at the moment. Are we seeing a slide back for Ozuna, and to what we've seen the past two years, or is this just you know a little cool down that he's having over the past you know two or three weeks now? But certainly, again, I think that's something that they have to consider. He had a boomer bust offense for the Braves this past weekend. 11 of 13 runs coming on home runs. All of the runs in the last two games were on home runs. In Saturday's game, it was especially frustrating. You got the three-run homer from Austin Riley. Had a lot of base runners in that game, but couldn't come through. Weren't able to manufacture another run in that one. You ultimately lose that game by a run. That one is certainly frustrating. It's great that this team is so good at hitting all these home runs, and they're able to win these games and just rely on the home run ball to do so. And this offense can do that. You'd love to see them get back to scoring in multiple ways, like they were, you know, through through June and really the first part of July, being able to score in multiple ways. That's how you have to win ball games. It's great. Again, you have these all these hitters in the lineup where you can run into a three three run homer at any point, just like what happened on Sunday. But it'd be great to also see them in some other innings, maybe just scratch a run or two across. Doesn't always have to be a crooked number. Would love for that to happen, but you'd also love to see them kind of manufacture a run, add-on run here or there, or you know they need just a run to kind of get back in the game, able to piece one across. Weren't able really to do that in this series. We have a lot of credit to the Brewers pitching; they have a pretty good pitching staff. But again, makes you a little worrisome that they're maybe becoming too reliant on the home run ball right now, not coming through with some of those clutch hits when you need to. But again. They are by far the best in all of baseball and hitting home runs, and they are capable of just relying on the home run ball to win games. All right, next we'll go through our Miners Monday segment and talk about some prospects who had a good week, perhaps increasing their capital or their trade interest as we get close to the deadline, improving their trade stock. We'll discuss all that here next. Are you using the Sleeper app for daily fantasy baseball? If you're not, you certainly should be. Sleeper is a fantasy sports plus real money gaming app focused on bringing people together through sports and gaming. Sleeper has become the best and fastest organically growing fantasy platform in the world with, with while earning some of the highest levels of engagement per user. Right now, you want to earn 100 times your money back on daily fantasy baseball. Sleeper is now offering up to a 100-time payout. With up to eight-pick contests, you choose as many as eight players that you like. Pick more or less on your favorite stats like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. Get your picks right, and you could win big. Use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Braves have an off day on Monday and then they'll be back in action on Tuesday night at 7, 10 PM Eastern against the Boston Red Sox. Catch every pitch of the Braves hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app search Braves because they do have the off day on Monday. On Tuesday, we'll do our mock trade segment again. So be thinking about some mock trades. I'll send out a tweet from the main Twitter account asking for you to submit those mock trades. You submit those there. We'll talk about them on the podcast on Tuesday. Then we'll have our regular segments throughout the week, our stat of the day Wednesday, through the league Thursday, and mailbag Friday. But right now, it is Monday, so we're going to get into our Miners Monday segment. I'll go through the top prospects first, and I'm going to switch up these top 10 prospects here probably in the next week or so. Kind of reshuffled the order here a little bit, but right now, we still have A.J. Smith-Shauver at the top. And he got back on track, had a good start this past week. Five innings, two hits, two walks, no earned, and six strikeouts. So good to see AJ Smith Shaver get going. Again, I think he's somebody, he's certainly a candidate to move into that bullpen as well. Somebody that I could think I think could be a dominant arm back there in the pen. So that's something to keep an eye on down the stretch. Owen Murphy, three innings, one hit, four walks, three earned, and four strikeouts. Been kind of up and down for Owen Murphy the past couple of months. J.R. Ritchie out for the year. Cole Phillips still recovering from Tommy John's surgery. Braden Schumake, just one for 21 this past week. He did walk four times, struck out five times, one stolen base, but a rough week at the plate for them after he had kind of been getting going a little bit. Another step back for Braden Schumake at the plate. Spencer Schwellenbach mentioned last week he got promoted to Rome, but he still hasn't made a start there. He hasn't pitched since July 1st. He did pitch in the Futures game but hasn't pitched since then. I don't think there's anything going on there. Just a little bit curious. Maybe they're trying to manage his workload as he's coming off Tommy John surgery as well. Darius Vines and made another rehab start at Rome. Four and a third innings, three hits, three walks, three earned, nine strikeouts. He's been racking up the strikeouts on his way back from injury. Ambioris Tavares, eight for 25 this past week. A good week for him. A double, a triple, two home runs, two walks, nine strikeouts, one stolen base. I've said it. The other day, I think I may have tweeted this out or at least thought about it. I don't know if I ever followed through with it, but yes, the strikeout numbers are there. He's got to improve on that. But right now, when he's making contact, it is really loud contact. You look at that, four extra base hits this past week. So that is certainly a positive for Ambioris Tavares. Uh, Dylan Dodd, still haven't seen him pitch since June 22nd. Haven't heard any word. Don't know what's going on there. Obviously, it's been a tough year for Dylan Dodd overall. Somebody who came in with a lot of, you know, Helium expectations after a good season last year, then a great spring training, started the year in the rotation, but it has just been a disastrous season for him. He has a 794 ERA at the minor league level and a 740 ERA at the major league level. Uh, so, it's been a rough year for him. Right now, I'm showing him on the seven day injured list in AAA. Again, not sure what the injury is there that he has, but uh, hasn't pitched for a while there. Nacho Alvarez, speaking of injuries, he went three for 14 this past week, had another double, two walks, three strikeouts, but he left the second game of a doubleheader on Sunday or on Saturday rather, and didn't play on Sunday. So, looks like maybe he's injured there as well. I, somebody on Twitter told me that he fouled a ball off his foot, but either way, looks like he could be injured at the moment. Hopefully, that's nothing serious. Luis Guanipa, four for 18, one home run. One walk, four strikeouts, and got caught stealing twice. The past three stolen base attempts for Luis Gunipe he's been caught stealing. So, got to work on that a little bit, but still showing some of that power with a home run this past week. Hoping we see some of the recent draft picks start playing here pretty soon, as again, they've signed all or signed all but one of them. So, hopefully, they start getting assigned to the minor league level here pretty soon. Get our eyes on some of them and get some stats for some of these guys. So, be looking out for that here, probably in the next week or two. Going through each level at Gwinnett, Hoy Park, 10 for 16 this past week, had a home run, two walks, a strikeout, two stolen bases. Just about all these teams uh, had some rain delays and had to play some double headers this week as well. So a bit of a, a weird week for just about all these, I think at least for Gwinnett, Mississippi, and Rome is what well, uh, I think uh, Augusta was on the road. But Von Grissom at Gwinnett, eight for 22, a double, two walks, four strikeouts, no runs scored. Pretty weird. You get eight hits and you walk a couple of times, you don't score a run. I just thought that was pretty odd. Somebody on Twitter had asked me, Where's the power with Von Grissom this year? He only has three home runs, he hit 19 last year. But his isolated power number at 146 at AAA this year, that's pretty much where it was last year at AA and at the major league level. He also has 24 doubles this year. He had just 26 all of last year combined uh, at every level and in the major leagues. So he's getting the doubles this year, just not quite getting the home runs. I still think he's probably going to be a a mid-teens home run type of bat at the big league level but you know he is missing the home run ball this year, but that isolated power number is still pretty much on par with where it should be for Vaughn Grissom, about 150 range. Justice Sheffield this week had a good start, Ed Gwinnett, seven innings, five hits, two walks, two earned, six strikeouts, and Jackson Stevens working his way back, two innings, one hit, no walks, one hit batter, no earned runs, and three strikeouts. I can't see where Jackson Stevens really plays a role in the Braves bullpen down the stretch, but He's at least there for some depth. At Mississippi, Luis D'Avila, six innings, no hits, two walks, one hit batter, nowhere in runs, and eight strikeouts. Last two outings now, 11 scoreless innings. So he's been on quite a roll there for Mississippi. And again, they've gone away, or they have supposed to have gone away from the tacked balls here in the second half. So should be using the normal baseballs now. And Luis D'Avila having a couple of really good starts. Scott Blewett gave up two solo home runs, but he struck out six batters in two and two-thirds innings, so I wanted to mention that. Cal Conley was six for 23 with a home run. Luke Waddell, six for 22 with a double home run, three and three walks as well. Jesse Franklin, five for 15, a double home run, two stolen bases. Drew Lugbauer, five for 10 with a double a home run and two walks. He was coming back from injury this week and got right back to hitting home runs as he typically does. Tyler Tolvey had two home runs as well. Down at Rome, you had David McCabe go 8-for-23 this past week. Two doubles, a home run, seven runs batted in, and a stolen base for David McCabe. Brandon Parker, 8-for-14, a double, two home runs, two stolen bases. Geraldo Quintero, seven hits and four walks on the week. Good week there. Kevin Kilpatrick, haven't mentioned him in a while. He had a good week. Five hits, two doubles, a triple, four walks, and a stolen base. And at Augusta, Bryson Worrell, 8 for 21, two homers, 4 walks, 6 stolen bases this past week. Jose DeLone, 5-for-10, a double and 3 walks. Tyree Thompson, 6 innings, 4 hits, no walks, 1 earned, 6 strikeouts. Luis Vargas, 5 innings, 4 hits, 1 walk, 1 earned, and 5 strikeouts. So that is your Miners Monday update. Again, be interesting watching some of these prospects. If you're a Braves fan, you hope these guys are playing good here at this point of the season as we get close to the trade deadline. And hopefully, increasing their trade stock. We could possibly see some of these guys on the move here in the next couple of weeks. All right, next, we got a lot of transactions to talk about from the Braves. They've acquired another pitcher from the Rays, we got a lot of people optioned back down, including Michael Soroka. We'll discuss all of that here next. Braves are taking another shot at a pitcher that the Rays have let go of. They acquired Yanni Torinos off waivers from the Rays. He's a starter and a reliever. Just a 4.45 K per nine and a 2.87 walk per nine this year and 62 in two-thirds innings. I'll be honest here. I don't understand this one. Um, again, it's we can't really question the Braves front office at this point. They tend to make a lot of moves, but I don't see this one. I don't understand – this one, other than just for some depth, but you look at his baseball savant page, it's not just everything in the blue. It's everything in the blue all the way to the left side of the page. It's just I don't see where the upside is in this one. You can maybe see it a little bit when they acquired Ben Heller. Uh, Torino's you know, good sinker, but in the low 90s, he also throws a slider and a split finger. Um, so, I mean, he has some decent stuff, but hasn't been a very good year for him. I, honestly, uh, I don't know. Again, the Braves front office is much smarter than me. I'm sure they know what they're doing. I, I like that this is a debt move if you were to put him in AAA, but it sounds like he's on the active roster and it sounds like he may start a game for the Braves this weekend. You know, the way the Braves have been going here lately and the moves they've made, he'll probably come in throw six shutout innings. But just, you know, on the surface, I, I don't get this one for the Atlanta Braves, but we'll see how it goes. They did designate, uh, Seth Elledge for assignment to make moves or to make room on the 40-man roster for Torino's. They optioned Michael Soroka back to Gannett. Again, this one I do not understand, but I trust the Braves front office to know what they're doing. I think Soroka has looked fine in the Braves rotation. Yeah, he hasn't been that guy that you know we're used to seeing before the injuries, but I think he's better than a lot of the other options that the Braves have right now in that fourth or fifth starter spot. Again, his last start, really outside of the first two batters of the game and the first two batters of the sixth inning, I thought he looked really good and was really effective. So, again, this one's another head-scratcher for me. I know some people have said maybe they're trying to play with service time here and gain an extra year of control of Soroka. I don't know how true that is. I haven't looked enough into that, but Braves are trying to, you know, obviously win now and wrap up the division. They do have a big lead, so maybe you can afford – to do this. Soroka does have options. So you have that ability to send him down and not worry about losing him. You can bring him back at any point. Braves also have two off days coming up this next week as well. So, you know, perhaps maybe they weren't thinking they were going to use Soroka this week, but you still need somebody for Saturday against Milwaukee. So I don't know. Uh, Again, like some of the moves the Braves have made this year, they don't make a lot of sense to me. I don't think they make a lot of sense on surface, but uh, the Braves have a bigger plan in mind, and again, they know what they're doing, but maybe it's just my bias because I really want to see Michael Soroka do well, and maybe I'm looking at it through some Michael Soroka blinders right now, but I think he's looked pretty solid for a fourth or fifth starter right now for the Braves, got through six innings his last time out. So that one I don't really understand. Uh, we talked about them calling up Daiswell Hernandez. I'm really excited to see what he can do and get some looks here before the deadline to see if maybe he could be a big piece. They already optioned Alan Winans back. And again, I thought he looked okay. Uh, Jesse Chavez moved to the 60-day injured list to make room on the 40-man roster. Seems like it's still going to be a while before Jesse Chavez comes back. We're probably looking at September at this point. Fred McGriff inducted into the Hall of Fame. And then some good injury news. Max Free to start for Gwinnett on Wednesday. Likely going to be his last rehab start. And then we could see him back. A.J. Minter to pitch for Gwinnett on Tuesday. He's likely going to be back by next – or this coming up weekend. So it'll be great to get him back. The Braves desperately need a lefty. You could see it in that series against the Brewers. Uh, really needed a lefty to come in in some of those situations and just don't have one you can go to right now that you trust. And Dylan Lee, speaking of lefties, he's ramping back up as well, throwing some bullpens. Maybe he will begin a rehab here in the next couple of weeks and then be back at the beginning of August. Those will be two really good pieces, two good lefty pieces – to get added back to the bullpen. So that is certainly a welcome sign there. On the entry front, again, next week or two, you could be getting back Max Freed, A.J. Minter, and maybe a little bit longer than that, but hopefully Dylan Lee coming back as well. That's going to be three big uh, improvements to the Braves pitching staff, including what you may get at the trade deadline over the next week and a half. So hopefully you're going to see some big moves for this Braves pitching staff, which has been banged up, All year, they've held things together nicely as much as they could, but really want to see some of these big guys get back in there and hopefully see this Braves pitching staff take off. All right, that will do it for this episode of Locked on Braves. Again, the Braves play the Red Sox on Tuesday night at 7.10 p.m. Eastern. Catch every pitch of the Braves' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app search. Braves. Thank you so much for making us your first listen up each and every day. Make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. Look for that tweet later in the day on Monday, asking for your mock trades to be included on Tuesday's episode. Make sure you also follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Check out my written work over at bravestoday.com. Make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we will talk to you next time.